We wish to acknowledge the traditional caretakers of the land we record this podcast on, the Yuggera people and their continued connection to the land and waterways of Yuggera country. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging and to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Hi, I'm Libby Trickett. This is All That Glitters, a podcast where I sit down with the world's best retired athletes and explore the transition from the bright lights of competition to the real world. Today's guest is former principal artist for the Queensland Ballet, Rachel Walsh. I want so bad. You see, ballerinas can leap as high as you can, but when they go down, they go down on plié, and they hold and hold. So, if ballet were easy, they call it football. So, how would I describe your role? I was a principal artist. Principal, thank you. Yeah, so yes. principal artist uh, for the Queensland for yeah. eighteen years, and um, twenty-five years this year of the career. Wow! And um, yeah, still working at Queensland Ballet uh, now as the director of foundation. We call that so philanthropy sustainability. Well, I imagine that you probably thought from a young age you wanted to be a, a ballet dancer. Actually, I didn't. Really? Um, no, I loved my academic work, science, mathematics. I was a bit of a science head. I think the challenge, I just loved classical ballet because it was so hard. Yeah. It was such a challenge, like this perfectionist art form that I was never going to nail or come close to perfection, but I, I did love music and I loved that expression of dancing. And I, being a country kid, everyone said, oh, you know, I don't think you'll be ever, ever make it. And I think, you know, tell any dancer or any anyone with that mindset that they can't do something and they you just want to do it. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's actually how it started, by one too many people telling me, I don't think you could do it. Wow. So Where did you grow up? Mount Gambier, South Australia. Wow. And so how did you get into dancing if you're kind of in this rural community? Uh, I had a wonderful teacher. Um, I had a father that loved music, so music was always in the house. But our ballet teacher, her name was Maxine Lockwood, she really taught us the joy of the art form mm-hmm. so you know ballet technique is is truly wonderful in that you are creating your body into this instrument of dance that yeah. is so precise and you have to be so dedicated to mm-hmm. have that constant you know adjustment of your body towards this idea of perfection and high performance but at the same time the joy of being an artist so the telling a story through movement you know um enjoying the music or making your body almost part of the music. So mm. she she was very good at that and I think that's where I fell in love with it. Yeah, she was inspiring. I think you're always inspired by your teachers. Yeah, oh, 100%. I, I totally, totally agree. I, I mean, I think everyone can relate to that, right? Like you either have an incredible teacher through school who instilled something in you or you get that motivation or inspiration or self-belief from a coach or you know a a loved one potentially exactly exactly and I think throughout my whole career there's been different people that have either coached me or been um, side by side with my career professionally that have been that person that have almost believed more than I did and pushed me out of the comfort zone and pushed me to believe more so wow Thank God for coaches. Right? <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> Teachers. It, but it's a it's an incredible skill to be able to motivate, inspire, encourage, lift up someone to believe in themselves and then also 
the technical side and mm. trying to push someone beyond where their comfort zone is. Like that is, mm. I mean, that's magic in my opinion. Oh, it is magic. Yeah, climbing climbing little little steps up the mountain was always really, you know, every day just make one little progression before you know it you can turn around and you've climbed the mountain. That's mm. That was um, some good words of advice. Just chip away. Yeah. Don't look at anyone else. You know, focus on yourself. Gosh, I resonate so much with that right now because it, it's something that I don't I don't know that our society or the work environment that we live in now as adults sees it that way and it's kind of like we want instant gratification, we want instant results, you know, it's not about that long-term vision mm. and then taking those micro steps every single day towards that outcome. Yeah, And celebrating the little wins. I don't yeah. think we give ourselves enough chance to acknowledge that the, the little growth. So mm. it's, um, it's, it's not trying to be perfect straight away. I, tr- I try and instill that in my girls now. You know, it doesn't matter if you can't do something now. It's um, just, you know, little steps, little steps. Yeah. So do you think you had a perfectionistic mindset? I think in a way, yes. Mm. In a way, yes. Um, And it's funny. I think it did work for me, Mm. you know, to to some point in in some degrees to to really keep pushing towards, you know, towards what needed to be done. And and also there was this absolute hunger, but I think it was the hunger, mm. it was the absolute want and the love of it that, that was more effective than this perfectionism. Mm. This perfectionist part of my personality, now I look back and I think that was one element that actually held me back from true, truly enjoying the majority of my career. Yes! So I um, <laughs> got to the end of this career and, it had you know, the last few years were so golden, just so beautiful when... You know, technically, my body had reached a peak, and I think physically, even when I was starting to decline, mm. but artistically, and um, what I could bring to the role and the weight of what I could bring to stage was at its peak. But it was only, you know, as I started getting much older that I enjoyed that. And I was thinking, gosh, all through my 20s, I just put myself through hell. Yeah. Because I would I would come off stage after most performances and be disappointed at something that happened, some small, small, tiny detail. And, um, yeah, I suppose that, that held me back from really, you know, exploding younger, I, I guess, or really just enjoying it. Yeah, the joy of the it. The joy. Yeah. Which is was everything to me in the end, and is right. e- is everything for me when I I talk to my girls or young audiences about the joy of ballet because there's so much beauty in it. There's mm. so much imagination. Um, it is pure joy, but you want the artists who are the inspiration on the stage to be enjoying it just as much as the audience. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's funny because I I mean I've always loved dancing, yeah. and I did ballet for a, a brief period of time growing up but I will go and watch the ballet now and you know I just I can't explain the athleticism of ballet dancers it is stunning literally stunning to watch Mm. and coupled with that creative expression of the story and the you know the synchronicity of the dancers on the stage and the partner dancing like it's it's it is. It's pure magic. It's pure joy. Mm. It is uh, an incredible expression of what I think the physical body is able to do. Mm-hmm. 
However, I think there is a lot of people who probably get really intimidated by ballet. How do you see ballet in broader society? It is a very high-performing uh, art form. Uh, the incredible amount of dedication it takes to to reach a point where mm. you can even consider having a career is quite, you know, incredible. Like, how many hours would you have been training mm. in a in a company? Most dancers have their own programs, uh, their own pre warm up programs, physical programs that they do for maybe up to an hour before class or training even starts so training <laughs> training every day like an intense training session goes from 10 30 to 11 30 mm. um, a short 15 minute break and then they're into rehearsals for you know the, the current ballet or the the next couple of ballets until 6 p.m at night so that's wow. that's five six days a week and um <gasps> yeah it's a, it's an intense life you know we we used to take you know change take a change for two or three leotards a day because you're you drench you wow. absolutely you know sweat yeah. <laughs> drench them, you know. And which um, i imagine would get very slippery yes. if you're like trying to throw people oh, it's um it's, it's an amazing physical effort every day um because you're constantly fine-tuning your body and your craft it's very mental it's very physical um it's um i think one of the the studio that where we create those ballets and where we we keep pushing ourselves is probably I find now that I've finished it it is the magical place for me Mm. Uh, the stage was incredible and it really is the cherry on top of all the work that you've done but in the studio is where real magic happens and I I I really do miss that yeah do you miss that structure or just the consistent working towards a specific goal every single day? I think I just miss those little moments of discovery. Also the camaraderie and, yeah. and what is created with your colleagues. I think there's really special bonds that, um, especially if, uh, you know, as principal dancers, you have a, a partnership in ballet and in the in the studio. Um, you know, it's those, those, that understanding that you have of, of each other's timing and, aims for the role and mm. you know, no it's it's really it's those beautiful moments that I, I think are, are wonderful well you're like a in a lot of ways you're like a single organism who have to kind of work together to create a specific shape or movement or oh, technical feat and, yeah. and you must trust completely yeah. in your partner and and in the other dancers um but you also trust, you must trust completely the coaches because mm. they are the ones that are giving you that constant feedback and observation um, of your performance and of your work. And it's, um, you're very vulnerable as a dancer um, because everything is on the line. You yeah. cannot, cannot hide. You're in, you know, you're in a leotard, tights, point shoes, tutu. Yeah. And um, it's, you have to have that an incredible trust with the the coaches which I I was lucky that I did have in my career and I had wonderful inspiring um directors and and Mm. colleagues so um I think that's a really important part of having a happy career in ballet too yeah it's interesting when you said that because as a swimmer everything's on display and you're in you know incredibly tight fitting outfits very small potentially as well so it does create those kind of possibilities for a boob to pop out (laughs) (laughs) which actually happened to me when I was 16 which was like the most mortifying thing I've ever experienced (laughs) however with you guys you're like you're getting into different positions and you know you're obviously in leotards most of the time 
um, when you're not actually on stage, I imagine there is space for nip slips. <laughs> <laughs> I have many stories, I'm sure, but um, at the same time, I think um, you, your body becomes moulded to be such an instrument that it really suddenly that awareness uh, of the physical of your physical just becomes an instrument when you're when you're dancing in a piece so even if a boob uh, po- does pop out you're like okay well that's just part of well <laughs> yeah me. you quickly put it back in of course <laughs> <laughs> i think now there's so many extra cameras around though yeah uh, than than back in the day so i i think there's got to be yeah <laughs> yeah thank god <laughs> but um no, you asked about where is ballet now, yeah. and I, I think um, it's this amazing art form that is um, it has has stood the test of time. And I think, um, especially classical ballet, we mm. we do often ask, you know, how relevant is it? Um, are audiences still engaged? Um, yeah, and I must say that they are. I think they are demanding more classical ballet, and and these opportunities to connect together whether it's friends or family or with their daughters in inside the theatre mm. um, and to make these these amazing memories to share in this, you know, experience of seeing live theatre. I think mm. it's very human actually. Nothing's, nothing's digital. It's, um, you know, you are inside a theatre and breathing with the whole audience yes. with, with expectation, with emotion with you know storytelling and people are all on this same journey through the story together mm. for for you know three quarters of an hour each act or an hour and that is just an incredible way to step out of your ordinary mm. and step into this magical place um, and share this memory and I, I now take my daughters that there I have th- I have three children but my daughters are seven and five and I have a one-year-old son but the girls I'm so glad that they enjoy the theatre because mm. we we see something amazing, whether it's ballet or whether it's musicals or theatre, and we look at each other and it's it's just this magical connection that we have that yeah. we can talk about and share. I love that about the theatre and I think for that very reason, ballet and live performing arts is more necessary now to connect with humanity than ever before. Yeah, uh, I mean, I totally agree. I, I have – actually, our kids are very similar yes. ages. <laughs> my, <laughs> my youngest is a little bit older than your youngest. But, um, yeah, my my two older girls, like I love taking them to – I mean, whether it's Bluey the musical yeah. or the circus or we've seen Shrek, we've seen a whole range of yes. different performances. And I can't wait to start taking them to the ballet and mm-hmm. to show them what hard work can create mm-hmm. – Mm-hmm. The creativity of it, the performance, you know, everything has to come together in this really beautiful flow and dynamic that you just can then, as the spectator, really just appreciate and absorb. Oh, there's nothing quite like it. And um, also that there's so many unique individuals on the stage. Yeah. You don't have to be, you know, a certain look or type or um, be perfect. At live theatre, often things go wrong and it's... Um, yes. It's I love those moments. With the ballet company, I, I you know, they're such incredible artists, especially at the moment with Queensland Ballet. Um Lee Lee Schwin Singh, our artistic director, and and you know, all the coaches, Mary Lee, they're just the most incredible coaches for, for people and for the dancers. Mm. And the the technique is incredible. So they do kind of 
you know, I wonder with my girls, what are they, what are they taking from that? And I, I think it is in that that aspiration, um, that idea that I just hope that they can look at that and say, oh, wow, that's you know, that takes hard work, but it's brilliant to watch mm. and it's um, valued. Do you worry? But I, I feel like I have to ask you this question mm. around body image yeah. and young women. And I've actually been doing a lot of research recently because I'm doing a a presentation around body image and athletes. Mm. And it's something like 60% of athletes have either body image issues or disordered eating or sorry, and disordered eating, which is like terrible. And it's, and it's interesting for me as someone who is incredibly conscious of it and has made a very specific point to be very self-positive body positive uh, in front of my girls like I don't you know put myself down and and we do a lot of you know positive self-talk in terms of you know it's not what you look like it's how smart and how kind how hard you work all the effort all those sorts of things but still still my seven-year-old came to me like two weeks ago and was like I don't like my big tummy I'm like, you're seven. Like, how does this happen? And is that something you worry about with your girls? Because I imagine that, as you said, you're in almost nothing on stage. And I, I imagine that, that that is conversations that is had or has to be had at different points yes. in, a, in a dancer's life. Do you worry about that in terms of your girls and maybe potentially getting into dancing? And I do because it is... It is something that needs to be addressed at, mm. at, at multiple points across the career for, and, and for different individuals. Some people, are nat- you know, because naturally bodies are, are different. Correct. But even if you're not going through that, you're going to know probably within the career uh, or within the sport, you're going to know or have a friend that is going through that. So mm. at some point it's going to be a part of your journey, whether yeah. you're a support person or whether you're, you're the person... It. Yeah, whether you're the person who... Who's experienced it, or whether you're going to be someone who can help or support someone, or have the negative experience. You know, like I think that is why we it needs to be addressed really early in ballet yeah. schools and in schools to give not only those people experiencing it, but those that don't tools to be able to support their friends and their yeah. colleagues. Because I, I think it's still That's not talked about openly, yeah. and so no one really knows how to protect a friend or help a friend navigate it Um, yeah and just and that in turn could inform language that gets rid of that altogether from the age of seven yeah because if if you know from the age of you know seven or eight if they're already talking about an idealistic kind of thing well then that's that's the problem yeah it, it really is. And, and especially in, like, for me, who, you know, <laughs> I like to think I'm doing a good job, <laughs> as we all do. Hope we're doing a good yes. job and not damaging yes. our children too much. Fingers crossed. Um, but, yeah, to have her, you know, look at her Barbie doll and go, I like her thin tummy yeah. and I don't like my big tummy. And it's like, dude, you're five. Also, bodies change and also it doesn't matter and also you're strong and also everybody's vehicle is different mm-hmm. like it's it's uh, uh, yeah it's I think I think in dance more it's it's coming into celebrating your uniqueness yes so and that it would be so boring to be the same as everyone or to be mm. normal this word normal I, I think needs to be wiped out from so our boring. vocab yeah um completely and it's you know to celebrate the uniqueness in everyone. Everyone is different and that's what the beauty, you know, 
Do you feel like that's shifting in ballet now? It is. I, I know that in America there's the African-American dancer. Yeah, Misty. Misty. Misty Copeland. Yeah. Mm. I mean, that was, that was a huge kind of shift, I feel like, for ballet because she's someone who doesn't fit the ideal mould in lots of different ways. Mm-hmm. And I think that's happening more and more across the board, different, different body types, um, different people embracing the roles, I think um, – and, and it being really exciting, and I think it's bringing life to, to classical ballet. Mm. Also now I think um, dancers can't just specialise in one particular look or role. Mm. They have to really be incredible instruments that um, can dance both contemporary and classical. Like They're insane athletes. Yeah, and um, they really are. And so these strong women, um, I've always looked up to the, the, the really strong athletic women as, as my heroes mm. and... Um, also men you know they jump feet off the ground mm. and and then lift ballerinas above their heads it's 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 incredible to watch there's no yeah I don't think the the idea of the waif ballerina is mm. is real anymore yeah still on social media or in old images and I I think there there is always that risk because they see you know our girls see influences from all over the world and you know inst- oh. instant access if if they would you know if they can exactly um, but they need very early on to just absolutely learn to just like themselves. Yes. Like in whatever they do. And then I like watching them on stage because I love watching someone that is um, truly just giving it their all on stage. That's what I love. Exactly right. I just love seeing people who I know has have absolutely worked their ass off yeah. to give this incredible performance mm-hmm. for us. Yeah. Like that for me is just the best. And that, that could be anything. Like that could be in business, that could be podcasting, it could be, you yes. know, live on stage, it could be, you know, their studies or whatever that looks like, you know, or changing the world in some small way. It's, mm-hmm. it's that is, yeah, lifts my heart up. Yeah. No, I love that. And I also think at the other end of the spectrum too, you know, I've just lately, and maybe it's because I am getting older myself, but I'm thinking about the value of age mm. and of, um, you know, also, you know, what value does age add to society and, and how we look at it? Mm. Um, just recently I've come back to the stage in, in a, a work called Encore and the whole idea of the ballet was to celebrate older artists or mature artists that are returning to the stage and that they still add value and can add value with yes. their life experience. I think um, creatively we don't lose that value, but our bodies are very different. And I think, yes. um, you know, it was um, <laughs> I, I don't know how how it would go, but I, I, I believe there's such value not only in dancers um, to continue as older artists, but I think as everyone in society to, to understand the value of older people. Yes. Um, and for them to have some sort of a platform or... I don't know, respect, I guess. Mm. Um, well, I feel like society really moved towards just hiding older people. Mm. Or, you know, if you you left sport or you left business or whatever that looks like for, for you in your situation, your life, you, you just stop being seen. Mm. And, and also you probably start st- – or sorry, you stop putting yourself out there for things as well because yeah. you're like – my body doesn't work the way that it did. Yeah. I'm not as quick as what I was. Yeah. But the reality is that with our knowledge and our experience as we get older, like that's impactful stuff. Yeah. Exactly. I think when I first was asked to do this ballet, 
I immediately went to those thoughts. Oh no way! You yeah, know, no my way. My body can't I, do that. Yes, yeah. It's um, <laughs> I'm you know, no one would want to see it. It's yeah. it's just I can't dance. I can't jump. I can't turn like I used to. Um, and and why would I want to? I, I suppose try and be that dancer. And yeah. then I had to have this massive mental switch and just go. Well, it's actually not about trying to be that dancer at all. No, you can't be that dancer. No, and that's as, not who you are anymore. As soon as I switched that idea off in my head then then it became actually a very gentle and rich experience um and it was really nice actually to just because it's been a f- quite a few years since I've been on stage or a few years at least and um it was like coming home mm. it's like wow this is this is really nice to be able to create and actually you know do something that I hope is valuable um audiences can really only say whether it was or not um but <laughs> it was um it was nice to be back in and creating telling telling a story that's how I communicate through dance so unfortunately when you stop as a dancer it's it's quite a it can be quite abrupt it can be (sighs) quite you know that you're in the studio one day on stage and you've retired the next and um, suddenly you you lose the most important way that you've been communicating so for me it was it was like being able to find a a voice again that was more authentic to me Mm. than anything that I feel like I am when I try and speak how did you do that? Like, how did you start to find a, a different outlet for yourself and for your ability to communicate kind of what you're experiencing or going through? Um, for me, I was, I was able to stay quite close to, to the, the career of ballet. So I, I remained with Queensland Ballet. I, I really did spend a lot of my later part of my career really trying to understand how a ballet company works and and also so you were conscious that yes. you were kind of coming to the end and so you were starting to yeah starting to I, I think yeah starting starting to try and build myself a, a next steps mm. and I didn't think that it would be forever yeah I thought it would be like oh I just I want to keep contributing to this beautiful career that has given me everything yeah it gave me everything for my whole whole life so I wanted to I started with the thought of I wanted to just give back. Yeah. So I wanted to help the company build uh, for the future, help ballet build audiences further. We had Lee coming on as a director that was... Which is amazing. It's incredible. And, you know, he was really had this amazing vision of building, you know, of transformational change for the company, which is so exciting because, you know, as a, as a state and as a community, we're a big sporting state and yeah. a big, you know, we've got beaches and sport, but the focus on the arts wasn't as, as I suppose, you know, it wasn't on the surface as much. But I think now, now Brisbane, you know, it's not just the ballet, but across, you know, all of our art forms, we're, we're really having a reputation of, of um, being great mm. and being world class. So it's, um, I wanted to be a part of that so that I was able to stay close. Um, but at the same time, it was an identity thing for me. It was like, mm. wow, I, I can't introduce myself as I'm I'm Rachel, principal dancer. Yes. Um, and I think a lot of athletes do go through this. Also, I, I've quickly realised that I I wasn't this, you know, magical unicorn that could eat whatever I wanted. <laughs> I think that was a real yes. disappointment for me. That's really That hard. was really disappointing <laughs> because um, <laughs> I think as a dancer, you take it for granted that, A, you exercise for eight hours a day. Yeah. Um, and, and it just becomes a part of your day. And I missed moving and I missed um, those few, you know, selfish hours where you could just focus on your own body. Yes. 
I don't I don't see a point where I do that anymore. No. Although I have I've found a couple of things that I wish I would have as a dancer. So I know, I know you've found yoga. Yes. And I've obsessed. I've found lo- yoga really late in life and I just I'm I look I'm so new at it but I'm I'm falling in love with it. Isn't it just but it's that beautiful breath and movement. Mm. I'm not sure if breath I mean I assume breath would be yes. a very big part of a dancer's. I just of. think gosh if I would have found that as a young dancer yeah. to accompany my work it would have would have been amazing. Mm. I imagine you're very good at yoga. <laughs> <laughs> no. No actually. Oh, no. I I still cannot do a headstand or anything like that. I've got a long way to go. And I think that's the beauty of yoga because you just make those incremental changes. Yes. And you celebrate each little win you know, every time that you s- sit on the mat or step on the mat. And I think that actually is such a – that's the mindset that should be paved in any high profession. Everything. Uh, high performing. Thing. Everything. Mm. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And that's because you start at one level with yoga and then if you're just starting to do it consistently, you just start to see the shifts and you see the changes mm. in your body and what it's capable of doing and that's that's the joy for me. Yes, yeah. No, I'm loving that at the moment, but um, it's it's true. Like I've I've been working my way through a co- career transition at Queensland Ballet for a number of years, mm. and I I think there's still nothing that I've found like the the career as as a dancer. Yeah, I know I've been very fortunate. Lee's Lee's invited me back to stage a few times, so I've had those those creative snippets, um, which I'm I'm so incredibly grateful for. But yeah, I still I still see myself as in transition. I don't know why. I just I do too. I'll, I'll be sixty and I'll still be in transition. Bloody hell! <laughs> that makes me feel so much better because I do too. And I, I'll be ten years retired next year, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, I'm still transition. Totally. <laughs> There's still a chance that I might make a comeback, everybody. <laughs> yeah, like I, I just miss like you. St- There's there's nothing that can replace it. You know. I think. Um, no, I don't have an answer for that. If um, if if you ever find something, I have I speak a lot to people that you know about this, and mm. I think everyone has their own different journeys. But yeah, maybe one day. And things obviously you find things. Motherhood is incredible. Yeah, uh, obviously it's, it's you can't even compare the two. Yeah, but in terms of a career, yeah, I'm still I, transitioning. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And I, I I found over time I miss it less, but there is still particularly when like a major event comes up, the Olympics or the World Championships, mm. even Australian Nationals. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's all the time. Maybe I still miss it all the time. But there are moments where it just it, it eats me mm. up. And not in a – I feel like it's less negative these days, mm-hmm. but it's just that – I think you, you kind of – you hit it really well when you said, you know, that you get to work towards something every day. You're focusing on, on your specific goal and, like, I just – I really miss that. Mm. It's that really clear purpose. It's yes. really – like, you, you – it's so defined. It's like, so defined. And my yeah. I feel like my brain now, because there's so much, there's, you know, motherhood, there's – work there's you know family dynamics there's relationships the the you know school it's like there's so much full chaos oh it's just absolute chaos (laughs) at all times and it's like I just would like to I just want to sit down and just work on one thing yeah I think I've stopped fighting it now I just embrace the chaos yeah you do you have to yeah 100 (laughs) percent otherwise you'll go crazy 
But I still, I've never lost love of the art form. Mm. I, I never found it boring. I never found, I, I could have, like, thank God actually that I had a hip injury that stopped mm. me in the end because I would have kept dancing forever. Yes. I don't know why. I, I was just built like that, born like that. I was the, Love the same, Rich. I, I, I'm, I retired the first time and I was like, I'm done, I'm burnt out, I can't do it anymore and then immediately wanted to go back. And then I had every intention of going on for another four years and I got a massive wrist injury, which I, I constantly, I thank God, the universe, whatever it is that I had that because I don't think I would have been able to stop again. Mm. Oh, it's, it's very special. Yeah. I think on reflection we're, we're you know – both very lucky to have experienced that. Mm. Um, I find joy in, in watching young dancers now. Yeah. You know, young dancers really fly and um, embrace their art, artistry. I think um, that's something, you know, that celebrating that uniqueness. So, you know, I, I call that artistry really just finding your voice yeah. to tell a story on stage. And in sport, it's probably that, that unique strengths um, and identity. I think the more we can encourage young people to embrace that as opposed to being competitive and comparing yes. each other then then they're we're going to have this uh, a much richer sort of environment for mm. them how is your body now you mentioned obviously you had a hip injury that kind of mm. forced your hand I guess yes yes um how does it go now after training your body for up to eight hours a day five to six days a week for 18 years you know um and after I retired I really you know a lot of dancers continue to train a little bit I stopped cold turkey I think emotionally I just thought if I can't do it well enough this is the perfectionist (laughs) part of me if I can't do it well enough I'm damn well not doing it at all (laughs) and I did not do a ballet class that was actually a really bad decision to make um because the the body did suffer a little bit I was trying out different you know things in office office roles and how hard is it on your body when you go into an oh, office it's role? terrible. <laughs> yes. It's like the worst, worst sort of yeah thing for your body to be static. Mm. Um, but, you know, I, I actually ended up with a hip replacement. Um, wow. So during that COVID time, I was just like, no, for so long I thought I was too young to get a hip replacement. And then I was like, then I meeting a couple of people changed my mind. I thought, no, I'm too young to be in pain. Yeah, so you're too I, young um, to not get a hip replacement. Yeah, so um, I... Patrick Weinrock, amazing surgeon, did my hip and it is amazing. Like I could literally be whatever I, you know, do whatever with my hips I I wanted to before and I actually fell pregnant shortly after that, which I probably wasn't supposed to do. (laughs) Um, But (laughs) I was wondering. How's the hip going to hold up, Patrick? With the the third child. I I actually went back to him for the review with – with uh, no x-rays and he said where's your x-rays and um well <laughs> so <laughs> so we won't be having those just yet not for another few months <laughs> I have something to talk to you about <laughs> yes. and um no but the the pregnancy was amazing and um I have not been in pain like I was in pain for a good seven eight years wow and chronic pain is not healthy for anyone oh, I never gosh. talked about it yeah. so many of my colleagues almost were surprised they knew I had a hip injury but they didn't know the level of it I just I didn't want to give it the time of day. I thought, mm. how boring. No one wants to hear about that. But now having done it and, and, and recovered and feel good to perform just recently on stage again. And, and actually, I, I, I must admit, I didn't do any training and I was expecting to be really injured. But the body, I think because I, I was just enjoying it so much, mm. the body actually feels really good. 
Amazing. Um, so yeah, you do. You can be stronger with age. Um, I think yoga is amazing too. I think yeah. that's helping. I'm obsessed. <laughs> I, I'm completely insufferable about yoga. <laughs> I could talk about it for days on end. Um, I want to ask you two final questions. Mm-hmm. What is the moment, and maybe this relates to maybe those quiet moments in training that you were talking about earlier, but what is the moment from your dancing career that you are most proud of? And I'm not talking about being named principal artist Mm, or, mm. um, you know, a very important role that you might have been aiming for for a really long time, but those really quiet moments where maybe no one's there, maybe no one's present, or it's just a, a few of you where you go, I'm so proud that I was able to do this I think um this this has actually come you know I I suppose to my attention in my own thoughts just recently um when you know some now adults have come to me and actually spoke about them being young students and and looking up to to what I was doing and I think the greatest achievement or the the greatest sense of pride that I have about the career and, and being a principal artist was probably that, you know, with my hand on my heart, I, I can say that I just gave everything to not only, you know, the career, but my colleagues to support mm. them. Um, I was positive. I never bought into competition mm. and and that sort of, that spirit. I think um, I like to be inclusive and to, and to have always people supporting each other. So I hope that I was a good role model um, mm. in that sense. And I think... Um, at the end of the day, I'm more proud of that than any role that I would have achieved, you know, something in. Um, so I hope that those memories have stayed with young girls or young boys across the across the years. Someone reminded me the other day that they um, were watching my performances 25 years ago, and I was, <laughs> it's like, wow, I didn't even realize, <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> how quickly time had passed. <laughs> but, like that's um, amazing. Quarter also, a century ago. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that. That's my proud point of mm. being a principal dancer and I think that is the essence of being a leader in, in any role that you do is, is to actually inspire future generations or to inspire others to be better. Well, I think that's a testament to why you were able to be in that role for so long and why Queensland Ballet continue to have you mm. in their fold because you are clearly an incredible leader who wants to support and engage and encourage everybody. Thank you. I think I think it's the only way of being. It's the only way I want to be yeah. in it. Yes. I want to because you're you're the first dancer that I've had on the yeah. podcast, oh, which wow. I've been wanting to have someone from the creative arts for a really long time because I think I mean, you as we've said multiple times, you are athletes and that transition and that identity piece is is so powerful and important. I want you to talk obviously specifically to dancers. What would your advice be for dancers who may be getting to that point in their career where they're starting to think about having to retire, maybe their body's starting to give way a little bit or, you know, they're just ready to move on? What would your advice be to prepare going into retirement? Gosh, that's a good question. I think it's really important to seek a mentor mm-hmm. and that, that could be someone completely unrelated to ballet or to, to whatever you're involved in, but... You need to be able to talk through neutrally who you are as a person, what you want going forward and what you'd be happy to let go. Mm. Like I think you've got to address the hard questions too. Yes. Um, 
you know, and and for a period of time before and after. So I've I've um in my team we've got a couple of retired dancers as well, and I and I always, you know, I check in constantly over a couple of years because grief can come later it can come at any time um for what you've given up it's so weird that you brought up grief Mm. yes yes it's a part of it and i think it's very human but as long as you can embrace it in a very human way and that that is actually okay and Mm. it's very it's it's actually normal or not normal but it's natural to um to feel all all the feelings Mm. Good, bad, and ugly, but and continue to feel them ten yeah. years down the track. Yeah, but to find, to, yeah, but to find someone that you really trust to be a mentor, a bit of a life mentor, mm. doesn't need to be a career mentor. I think this idea that you have to go out, and a lot of high performing personalities just want to get out and succeed in another career. Like <laughs> what? Wow, that's <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and I, th- I think you know that's. That's great. It's great to dream anything, but it's it's also important to have advice and feedback that keep that you know that you can keep sharing. Yeah, I mean that's so brilliant. I mean, I had to take myself off to Italy for six weeks and and walk <laughs> around without a without without a phone or a watch. <laughs> Ask my partner about that, Michael. <laughs> he understands me, so he got it. But um, I really needed so to. So you recommend everyone to go travel I do to Italy? Re- I do recommend <laughs> that. <weeks>. Perfect. <laughs> I'll tell my husband, see you later. <laughs> Just going to process some stuff. Just needed to process <laughs> <laughs> on the banks of the Cinque Terre. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, but, um, but seriously, that, that is really important to have someone that, that can give you that feedback and to ask the hard questions and, and I think keep checking in. Yeah, I think that is so important, the, the fact that you're checking in with those dances because it it does it comes in waves and it comes in different moments and and to to be able to not shy away from kind of being a bit crappy at Mm. life (laughs) straight (laughs) after sport (laughs) like not I'm not saying that in a negative way but you you come from being one of the best at what you did yes to having no idea who you are what you want to be where you want to go and you're kind of starting at the beginning again Mm. And when you start at the beginning, when you're going into your career, you're a child, yes. essentially. But so many skills that if you can identify all those skills that you've built, I always say if I if I was to start my own business, and I do have some ideas, I would employ dancers. Yes. Um, because they have such drive, determination, commitment, problem solving. All, all athletes, you know, they're, they're, they're incredible skills to have. I just don't think... We naturally think of them as skills. We think of them as as qualities that have got us to that point, but they're life skills. For anyone listening who has their own business and needs to employ people, dancers and athletes, (laughs) honestly, because what they don't necessarily have in technical skills yet, Mm. they have all of those incredible soft skills skills yeah yeah and a hunger generally they're determined and most importantly I I think amongst everything they are coachable yes like they can be coached to be anything and they want that unbelievably so yeah Yeah, no it's wonderful I have resonated so hard with everything that you've been talking about and I, I I 
I had a sneaking suspicion that I would. Um, but yeah, everything that you've said has just landed so deeply within me. So thank you for making me feel more normal. I know that you would no doubt make so many people listening. Feel no, thank you. It's thank you for having me because often dancers are seen and not heard either. Mm. So it's, it's, um, it's interesting to talk about it too. Yeah. Thank, thank you. No, my pleasure. You're amazing. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. Rachel is just an incredible, gentle spirit. It's hard to express what it was like being in the same room as her. She's just so generous with her knowledge and her ability to articulate her experiences was just absolutely magic for me. And I I know there would be so many people who will resonate with what she spoke about. And I was so thrilled that she was our first dancer on the show. I I hope to have many more in the future. As always, if you like what you hear, head to at all that glitters pod, send me some recommendations for people you'd love to hear from. And if you are into sport in any level, come listen to the sports social. Uh, It's my other podcast with my sister-in-law, Georgie. It's not all about facts and figures. We rarely fact check ourselves. Uh, But it's a lot of fun and we talk about sport in all the different ways and capacities and how we enjoy it. So, yeah, come along.